Welcome back to the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast, brought to you by Prime Shape Fitness. Hey gang, today on the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast, I break down our re- a recap, I guess, of the trip we had to Trollhagen in Dresser, Wisconsin. It's always a fun event, done pretty, really well, and uh, always worried about there's if there's too much snow or too slippery, we're getting anything done, but it went well. And I actually was able to get a hold of uh, one of my new friends here uh, from Olex Adventures, Thomas and Courtney. They came with us, and I got a hold of Thomas to have him kind of do a little recap with me. So that's what you're going to hear in a little bit. Uh, the, the, always the goal when you, when you do this is everybody's safe and we don't break anything. Uh, but we did a couple things that broke. We break that down in the in the segment. And the thing that I had was the, the tire issue. Again, I, I think I hit a, a tree or a log or something, and I had a low tire after a couple days actually ended up being just a little bit of a little bit of wood stuck in the bead and I got that fixed pretty quick but that was after I washed it like three to four times just trying to get the uh, um, all the dirt and sand off of it is what you end up when you go off-roading especially here it's really a a sandy sandy place Uh, so it's backside of a ski hill, so my guess is at some point there was a glacier that came and pushed a bunch of dirt together. I don't know how to how to say it, but that's it. Just seems like it's sandy. It's sandy over by Buck Hill. It's sandy on these uh, ski hill areas. So lucky for us, it's sandy, not mud. But uh, you end up with a lot of lot of lot of sand in weird places. So you end up uh, washing off the bottom of your Jeep a few times and the sand just keeps coming out. Uh, I think one year I found a rock in there that was in there, it was in the middle of a, like four months after we went somewhere. I'm like, how long has this rock been in my TK skid plate? And pulled out a big rock one time. So this time was no different. I, I put the Jeep at the end of the driveway, hosed it all off, big pile of sand sitting there. We got back, then got it right into the garage, washed it off again and washed it a couple times. More sand coming out. Uh, then finally it was rainy here the other day, so I got the Jeep out and drove it in the rain, figuring maybe maybe that'll help. Maybe that'll get some of the sand off the bottom of this thing. And uh, so that's where it's at. You get some sand in your brakes, get a little extra squeak going on for a day or two or while you're on a trail, but definitely well worth it. So uh, thanks, to, thanks to the uh, Minnesota Go, Four, Go Four-Wheeling Club. Uh, they're, they're great to put on this event. Uh, the Minnesota Four Drive Association. We made a, we actually made our own little Jeep club. We added a couple guys to our Jeep club this past weekend who wanted to join up with us. So uh, Thomas was one of them. He's, you can hear from him in a bit. And Logan was another one. So that way we can go to this place every year and have a great time there. So overall, it was awesome. But just you know, not just my perspective. I want to have some other people. So that's why I invited Thomas on to kind of talk about how he is his LJ was doing out there and so uh, and his experience going on a little more extreme uh, winter wheeling event uh, versus some of the car camping and he's pull, has a pulls a camper with his LJ. He wasn't going to be his JL but I talked him into bringing the LJ because uh, it's just more fun I think. I don't know. So so here it is, uh, my little interview I guess with uh, Thomas and uh, but I'll also put in the show a link in the description kind of his uh, link to the uh, YouTube page. You can also watch kind of a little video breakdown of what we did. Talk to you soon. Hey gang, maybe you're listening to this podcast and wondering why it's brought to you by Prime Shape Fitness. Well, my name's Mitch. I own this podcast, but I also own another business, which is the main thing that I do. And I'm a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer since 1999. 
and I love helping people get in the best shape of their lives. So if your goal is to gain weight, lose weight, get in shape for a running race or just to be fit and strong, I can definitely help you out with that. I do one-on-one personal training, either in person or online. I do small group training in person or online. I also do give you nutritional advice and much, much more. Uh, if you've never worked with a personal trainer, a lot of people find it very motivating and fun while they're getting their butt kicked. So if that's something that interests you, message me on primeshapefitness.com. I have a way to get you to hold me for that. Or go better go to the Facebook page, uh, find me on Prime Shape Fitness, or even cross Red Off Road, message you through there, and I'll get a hold of you. All right, we're back here in the Cross Red Off Road podcast, and I got my newest member, Thomas, on on the podcast, and it was his first time going off roading uh, to this degree. So I thought I'd invite him on and kind of talk about his impressions a little bit about the event. And uh, welcome to the podcast again, Thomas. Well, thanks for having me. So Thomas uh, runs the Olex Adventures, and uh, I'll put a link in the in my show notes so you can kind of get right to his page and also to the actual videos of our event that we're going to be talking about here. I actually have it on in the background, so I'm watching us go up this big hill here. But um, So second time I'm watching it already. But um, So what was your – now you, you actually live pretty close to this. Have you ever heard of troll logging before, or is this the first time you've heard of it even? You know, honestly – I had no idea uh, that there was such an expansive trail network so close to me. You know, 30 minutes south is where I live. And growing up, I skied trollhogging, you know, it's a ski area there, but I had no idea. I We could see some of the skiers at times when we were actually driving, you know, so <laughs> I had no idea. It's incredible. Yeah. And we, and I talked, I texted uh, Thomas says, Hey, you going to the event this weekend? And uh, you said, um, you didn't know much about it. And then you said, well, maybe I will. Like, you kind of talking me into it a little bit. And he's going to bring his JL out because Thomas also has a JL. I said, nah, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I'm really glad you talked me into getting the LJ out because I really missed it. It was the first time back out of the garage for, you know, I kept it in the garage over the winter just to keep the salt off of it. And I really missed it every day when I looked at it in the garage. I was like, man, I need to get that out. And I don't think we could have asked for a better day to get them out. Oh, it was a beautiful day. I think um, I keep my I keep my insurance on all winter. I think my brother pulls his off every now and again because he doesn't drive it all the time. But uh, and Wade's is a daily, as is Brent's. And believe it or not, Brent drives his with the windows out all year round. So that's, that's, just that's like, incredible. Did he do that when it was negative twenty degrees outside? I think so. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Almost kids a hockey practice, you know. And so he was doing some work a couple weeks ago, getting the sliders put on, and he called this kid up and said, "Hey, get ready." I, you know, bundle up. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So he runs that thing around all winter like that, but he doesn't drive it exclusively, but it gets out in a bit. Yeah, um, no, that's yeah. awesome. So uh, we talked to you to get the LJ out. I told you right away that Wade was going to be uh, looking at your LJ and asking you a bunch of questions. And sure enough, for, as soon as he saw you there, he came over, introduced himself, asking you to take a look at your Jeep because he, oh, he, yeah. he has a, a thought that he wants to get an LJ because he – He's a tiny guy, and his wife's tiny. His kid is even tinier yet, and, yep. and he wants to get an LJ to have more room. And here I am, you know, six two. I got my six foot tall, thirteen year old with me, and I'm like, ah, this is plenty of room. <laughs> so I just told him. Yep. I yeah. No, I totally agree. You know, looking at even at the video, you know, definitely 
talking about who needs more space for sure you can see it right in the video <laughs> yeah so i i like i like my words at but i just don't want to deal with another build another one up but it's like oh that's finally getting where i want to go so yeah you know it is i for me personally that lj like i kind of stumbled into it luckily you know just getting into the jeep stuff and having really no idea and man i don't i couldn't imagine it uh smaller you know just having the lj and then having the jl it's a uh, unlimited obviously you know so we have some of the space but I just really really like the in-between size it, it really works well yeah it's it's yeah they they really hit on something there and i kind of wish they still made it and actually they do there's some lj two doors that are stretched i saw a few of them online and i did see that recently too and I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. But I don't know if it's that a four-door or, or it's just two-door they stretched. I'm not sure how they did it. But uh, I know Code 1, which was the first one of the first JLs off the line, um, and, you know, the guys from Dirt Every Day, they, they actually got bought it and then made a four-door into a two-door. But it looks okay. like a little funky. But the LJs are kind of where it's at and yeah, uh, for a lot of things. And, and ironically, our group, we had ended up with seven Jeeps because I think we had two new members to the Crossroad Off-Road Podcast group i guess we have a we have our own jeep club uh yeah that's we go to events like this at trollhagen uh had to create our own club so we didn't have to worry about joining somebody else's club uh we had a, a buddy tag along who um ironically starts to do you know this podcast is brought to you by prime shape fitness which is my main line of business <laughs> and he kind of heard heard it on the podcast he joined up uh, my fitness groups online and we've met him over the years and he joined us that's Corey. He joined us in our group, and then uh, Brent brought his buddy Logan, who also joined up with us. And uh, so we had a group of seven. So ironically, there was only one automatic transmission out of the whole group. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that after the fact too. Like, holy cow, that was pretty pretty random. But yeah, six of the seven were manual transmission Jeeps. That's incredible. Well, that was a prerequisite when I bought mine. That when Wade had his first, and um, he he's only had manual transmission cars, and he's had. You know, BMW Z3 that got T-boned by a van. Uh, oh, boy. He had a Nissan that was kind of a little sporty little thing, and he had a – what's the other thing? A little Mini Cooper. All manuals. So his whole idea was to get a manual. So I drove his Jeep. I'm like, okay, I want a manual. And uh, my brother had a JK, or still does. Then he drove my TJ. He goes, yeah, I need a two-door manual. This is too much fun. So that's how he ended up his manual. Brent, yeah. he had that thing. He's had his the longest. and. Um, and Corey, I know he wanted to have a manual. He has a JK four door with a manual, which is kind of a funky setup. Most people don't have that, uh, mm -hmm. especially in the JK world. But and then uh, obviously the other guy, Logan, he had his automatic. But uh, and obviously yours is a six speed. Yeah. More on that later because you got some uh, changes you're gonna be making. We're gonna talk about that right at the end. But yeah. So we all got yeah, yeah. set up and we all met up in the lot and got all aired down, ready to go and. Um, it was it was a it was a fun setup, just kind of a group of people, and it was I, looking around, seeing all the cars or the trucks and the jeeps and so on. Uh, it was bigger than I remember. I mean, it always seems like yeah. there's a lot of people at these big events like this. This is one of the bigger ones I think that's out there. The troll hogging events are usually uh, well attended. Mm -hmm. uh, the the the, the Go, Minnesota Go Four Wheelers and the Minnesota Four Drive Association they put together this event. And it ends up being a pretty big event. But what did you think about the initial reaction you saw, everything that was there? Yeah, you know, I was I was actually skeptical at first. You know, I'm like, you know, how 
I've never heard of this place, number one, right? Never been there. You pull up, you see all of the vehicles and cars and you're like, and trailers. And I mean, you're just like, I feel like I'm going to be just sitting in line for the whole time, really, you know, and just doing an obstacle here and there. And honestly, it was, there was way more area than I could have ever imagined. I mean, we were really never waiting, you know, for anyone but our group, you know, and, um, so, I mean, first initial impression just from that, I was super duper, um, super duper blown away, really, for lack of a better word. But it was, it was really good. Yeah, I ended up hitting my, uh, I, I tracked it with the Polaris Ride Command, which is a free app you can use to kind of, you know, track what you're doing. And it looks like we did, um, well, I popped up 12 miles. It was, there it is uh 12 miles total that's with me getting out of the jeep running around a little bit if i had my phone in my hand average speed was four miles an hour <laughs> um yeah seven hours and 37 minutes we were going uh two hours and 23 minutes moving you know which means we had five hours of stopped <laughs> which, which means oh, yeah getting out and helping other people out so there is some time when you're stopping i think we were jeeping for about offered it for about 10 seconds when I said, okay, everybody got to stop. There's a stuck Jeep up here. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And you know, that added to a little bit to my, uh, I was a little worried that was going to be kind of the theme of the day, but we got that cleared out of the way. And you know, the next part of my skepticism was like, how, how good are these Jeeps actually going to do out here? There's snow and mud and it's just gross. I'm like, we're not going to be able to hit any of these obstacles. Like we're just going to be doing the bypasses the whole time. And, Sure. Well, the, the first obstacle was the first big hill that somebody was stuck on. And you guys all made it up, no problem. I go up and I I didn't, you know, it was my first kind of hill climb in the snow with the Jeep and didn't have enough wheel speed or whatever it was. And I ended up getting stuck halfway up, having to back down and hit it again, you know, just a little harder. But so that really then added, I'm like, oh, this is just going to be the, you know, the theme of the day, just trying to get around out here. But then we pull up to the first stops, like the first real obstacle, and I think um, Wade was the first one to like, you know, get gather up enough courage. Where he's like, "All right, we got to try some of these obstacles. We're not here just to do the bypass." And sure enough, he just started a trend. He made it, you know, pretty easily, and we were all pretty surprised. And sure enough, everyone just started going. And I, you know, I think maybe only one person had to go around the bypass, and that kind of started, you know, everyone just started trying things and it was really working well i was really impressed yeah and so uh it's so funny because i want to be in the back a lot but all of a sudden, all of a sudden i'm always in the front <laughs> yeah yeah you're the, you're the group leader people are yeah. looking well, for I was you like, to... i want to be in the back because because i just want to see somebody else tackle it and see how they're going to go up this hill and and I'll yep. the, i'm going to lead on half the stuff again and um but yeah the, the, there's always little mini obstacles on the way and, and they're they're pretty fun and some of the bigger yeah. ones out there, I think I went, I went around annoyed because I'm like, there's no way we're getting up that. Because some guy was trying like a sixth time, not in our group, he was like a sixth or seventh time trying to get up it. I'm like, well, he has lockers and he's not getting up it. So I'm going to go around. Yeah. <laughs> then Wade tried it and got up it. I think you went up it. And yep. so did Mike. So I think you guys all got up that, that, that annoyed one, which was one of the bigger obstacles. But I tried this, the second muddier hill and I got three-fourths the way up that one. and didn't go. And then I went around. I'm like, well, I tried a few times on them, so that was enough. But uh, yep. I think I could have made it up there if I just gave it a shot. Uh, yep. I, was, I was pretty excited about the new 33s and how they performed. Um, I might as well talk a bit about that now. It's my first time out with it. 
dropped her down to 15 pounds uh, according to my tire pressure gauge I had. Now, I have a freebie one that I took from Discount Tire because they have like they have like a pen thing full of uh, tire pressure gauges. So I'm like, man, this, these are freebies. So I grabbed yeah. one of those, but I think I need to buy a really good one because what I noticed is it always read all close to the same, but I know when I use weights, I'm like, this one just feels better. I know he has one for riding motorcycles. He spent a few bucks on it. What I mean by a few bucks, it costs $10. So I think one of the things I want to invest in is a better tire pressure gauge, just because I think having a more accurate one would be better. My brother thought he was down at 18. When he started airing up, he goes, oh, man, I was at 20, he was at 25 the whole day. He was, oh, like, he was a little disappointed that he was like, I, I should have been like more aggressive on getting the tire pressure down. Um, yeah. And no matter how, how low I go or where I go, I always end up with a flat tire when I get back. It's because I, had a, I hit the bead on a log. And I got a piece of wood stuck in a bead. This is like the third time it happened. Uh, really, you had a flat it when you got back, huh? Uh, it was lo- it was low after a day or oh. two. I was washing. Yeah. I was washing it for like the fifth time, and I'm like, oh, my tire's a little low. And I started looking around the tire, around the bead. Sure enough, on the outside, and there was a piece of wood stuck in there. And it was down to like two pounds of pressure, and so okay. I pulled it off, put it back in my pickup, and I was like, well, see if I can get a hold of it, but I couldn't get a hold of it and, and you know disco tire they have freebie uh, uh balancing and rotation and uh, tire you know cleaning up problems like this that's why i went there i knew that going yeah if you buy it from them and uh walked in and half hour later they're done i'm actually I actually went back four hours later picked the tire up I, I, by the time i got home i already got a text message that was done so i'm like ah, i'll just go back later but um with the ko2s uh this is my third set between two different vehicles and i was pretty happy how they how they performed and uh, how did your tires and everything work out for you? They worked really good. I have um, the Cooper STT pros 35s on the LJ and, you know, our first time in the snow with them and, you know, you're always a little hesitant, you, you know, the mud trains are, you know, not normally as known for doing well in the snow and you know what they handled yeah, after the first uh, obstacle, not making it up, they handled really well. They made it over a lot of obstacles and I, I ran 12 PSI uh, that day, you know, snow just getting a, the wider patch. And um, it was my first time. I actually bought an ARB, one of the rapid air deflators with the gauge right on it. And that, if you're looking to, to get something, you know, that's tire pressure and deflating all at the same time, it worked super duper well, super quick. And, you know, it's uh, ARB stuff. So I trust that that gauge is pretty accurate when it tells me that it you know, each tire was at 12 PSI, so. I got these little deflators I bought, um, and I have four of them. You're supposed to put one, you're supposed to set them. There's a way to set them. And you supposed to yep. put each tire, just walk around, put them on. But like two of them work really good, and two of them don't. And I don't know which, which the two that don't work well. I should just uh-huh. bring the two that work well. I have them set to like 18 pounds. So I just, okay. but it, it goes from like 35 to 25, like super fast. And then it goes real slow after yeah. that. Down. so yeah and one of them goes right down to it the other one kind of goes real slow so i just that way you don't have to sit there and just be you know bent over and hold on yeah all forever so but i don't know I'll, I'll keep on messing around with them see how much i like it but uh yeah getting down the tire pressure i think i could have went down to 12 would have been a good idea i just didn't want yeah. to have the problem i actually ended up with which was my passenger front tire got low again that's always the one because you don't you're not looking over there and that's when you run into a log or a tree or whatever 
And uh, I think I was in the, about 10 minutes in the trail. I hit hit something hard, and my my driver rear hit a rock, and it took a chunk out of the aluminum rim. <laughs> so uh, I was like, "Well, it didn't blow a tire, so we got that. We're okay yet." It didn't yep. block, knock the beat off, but I hit something pretty hard with that. So, but that's why yep. I don't buy new rims and tire wheels because I then I don't feel bad when I gnarl up the the old ones. I'm like, ah, they're on there. Who cares? I don't care. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, with with the tire pressure stuff for us, I always ran 15 psi. You know, and it, that worked really well. And then I got a bunch of flack on one of my YouTube videos because we were getting a little stuck, and they're like, "Man, you're running way too much pressure, way too much pressure, way too much pressure." And I was like, "I don't really feel like 15 is way too much." But they're like, "No, try 10." I'm like, "10? I'm worried about." you know, throwing a beat off and I need to, you know, be able to get this thing back home. So I drive it everywhere. I don't trailer it. It's not, you know, so, but I found that 12 for us, you know, just kind of going down a little more. Um, when we were in Arkansas, I found out 15 was actually a little bit, um, it was 12, you know, you don't think it's a huge difference, but 12 just going to that made a big difference on a lot of the slick rock there. Well, I'm, I'll try 12 next time. I'll will try there you go. 12. I'm going to make a note to myself because every time I do it, I'm like, I was thinking about tire pressure. I was on my spin bike. There it is, my spin bike right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yesterday, I was thinking about the mountain bike racing. I'm like, I was running like 25, 23, and everybody else is at 18. And, uh, and I'm like, maybe I do need to go lower. And I was, this is my random thoughts. I was, I was on my spin bike yesterday working out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and it, nobody on this podcast is probably a mountain biker also, besides my brother and I and Wade. But do, do you know my background? You you in the bikes too? I'm a huge cyclist. Ah. <laughs> We've had many conversations, but cycling never came up. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a huge cyclist. Uh, we have my brother and I have a team, Collective Cycling. Uh, ben, you know, we do I do we do a lot more road biking, uh, but like fat bike. Mm. We you know we were just out in uh, Wyoming for a fat bike world championship race, and you know so like we. You're pretty big into it. Oh, man. Welcome to the uh, Crossroad Off-Road uh, Mountain Biking <laughs> podcast. Dude. That's right. So, That's right. Well, my brother and I and Wade and a few other guys, we've raced a lot uh, over the years, that just uh, 29ers and stuff. So yep. I could talk all day about that. Didn't race last year because there was no races. And Obviously. I only rode, I didn't ride off-road one time because a doctor in the emergency room, he got, I was on one of the news stations, he's like, hey, you guys, we, we like cyclists. We like that you're out there trying to exercise, but we're full of COVID people. So we don't want to see a broken yeah. clavicle by you guys. Do something different this year. So I took it to heart, got into trail running, which I'm going to go do today, I think. I do a little trail run outside because it's, well, it's 30, 39 degrees. I better go out there before it gets colder. I thought it was 42. Maybe I'll change my mind and run inside. <laughs> but... But yeah, back, back to there. tire pressure, <laughs> back to tire pressure and off-roading and stuff. So, so overall, we were out there a long time. You both had a chance to drive. Uh, how'd you, how'd Courtney like it? Oh, uh, Courtney, she, she loves driving the Jeep. You know, we were talking about the manual transmissions earlier, and this is her first, like when you watch the videos, I don't think you'd ever know, but literally the first manual transmission vehicle she has ever driven. She learned in the LJ. And she's been driving the heck out of it ever since. She just loves it. So uh, in the video, I've, she got, you know, most of her action is much more fun than mine. You know, she's freaking descending it the whole time. She got some air in the mud puddle. You know, like she, 
she has a blast. She and she loves videoing and you know just being out there on a, a great day. You know, so she loved it. It was a great day. Yeah, we could. I mean, I was down in my t-shirt by the end of the day or middle of the day. It was really nice out. Yep. Um, yep. The snow was sticking, so it was a nice day to be out there and working it. There's only one spot spot where I was like, "This is just ice. I can't get up this hill." And so that's why. Yeah. That was annoyed one. This the second, the one you didn't go on. The next hill over was a deeper mud hill, but it got turned into ice like three fourths of the way up. I'm like, I can't uh, get that. So I kind of boosted around it. Uh, that's cool that she liked it. You know, uh, my okay. wife, my wife knew how to drive a, tra a manual transmission in college. When I met her, she had a little Hyundai that had a manual, and okay. uh, but she has conveniently forgot how to drive a manual and has conveniently forgot yeah. how to drive anywhere if she doesn't want to drive. She just says, "I don't remember. I'm not driving." So. She doesn't enjoy driving as much as, as I do, but um, that's, that's fun. I'm glad your wife had a good time and got to see yeah. plenty of dogs. A lot of people brought their dogs. Uh, we did not yep. bring ours, but uh, a lot of people brought their dogs. And your video, I mean, you took a lot of video that day, and, and the video is up on uh, YouTube on Olex Adventures. I'm going to put a link, like I said, into the deal. And uh, yeah. I'm glad you used a lot of video. We, we sent you the video so you could kind of pull up some of our stuff, and so you got some of that on there. That was really neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. We had, uh, I think I had over, gosh, it was over a hundred minutes or something of footage and we condensed it down into about 11 minutes for that video. You know, we just, we love the live action. I mean, you, you know, you, there's so many times where you're going back and forth trying to get up the obstacles and over and, uh, but yeah, so it was the editing, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but we, we actually pumped it out pretty quick. Normally it takes a week and we were so excited about the video because it was, just such good action that we got it out in just a couple of days. So, yeah, and then you, you, I think you and a couple of guys asked, "When's the next event?" So while I was yeah. while I was working out today, um, I was pulling up events and I found it. What's coming up officially? But there's some stuff where you can just go on your own to um, mm -hmm. Gilbert. There's a couple of campouts coming out up. So just trying to look for stuff like that. I can't even see past this weekend. This weekend is my kids' basketball tournament, the big one for the state. And uh, so I can't even see past that. But after that, maybe there's some fun stuff we could plan out. Let's yeah, see. absolutely. For sure. That's I, I'm always looking forward to it. You know, the, doing the videos is fun, but just meeting all the new people and the experiences. And we live in a great area, you know, that's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's a little bit of a hidden gem, I think. You know, we've kind of been around a lot of places. And if you look on, like, the off-roading stuff, you don't see Gilbert. You don't see... Uh, dresser like you don't see that on any like published stuff but that we get to go and enjoy it is incredible yeah well that's what this podcast is about is trying to you know get the word out a bit more the minnesota four wheel drive association is great you know it's just you have to look and find it you know you have to look a little bit there's not gonna be a billboard out there saying hey here's the trail take a left here um, yep. well, you gotta have to look for it a little bit to find it it's so funny when I look on, on Facebook and the different groups, like, hey, I got a, I got a Jeep now. Where's the trails? You know, they're like, they don't, they don't ever look. Do I need to join a club or something? So, yeah, yep. it's kind of good to, good to do that, to have a group of people and uh, to kind of talk, you know, to help you make upgrades. I was, I was talking to Logan, and, he's like, and I was teasing him because he has a great bumper but no uh, winch on there. So he goes, well, I don't know anybody who has a heated garage to do anything in winter. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. Come on over. Let's get this on. So I was yeah. because there's a big open spot there. I'm like, ah, winch would look great right there. Let's get that figured out for you. So uh, yep. 
we were browsing each other, and I, I told you beforehand, I go, the, all these guys really like to tease me for some reason. They're always just in each other's ear. You kind of got that feeling from the day. Uh, obviously, my brother, I've known him my whole life, but uh, Wade and Brent, and then, uh, you know, we were always together doing this stuff, so we are always jiving on each other. Uh, yep. The other day, we had a fun time, and it was fun to see Logan kind of, pit, you know, kicking out some teasing by the other day, <laughs> too. So yep. it was it was great to have uh, have some new people into the group, too. It looks like you're doing some new things to your Jeep. Why don't you fill everybody in what you're doing to the, the Jeep? Yeah, LJ. you know, um, we we drove it all last year, drove it all around. It did great. Uh, you know, it's lifted. It's got 35s. But what the previous owner neglected was to re-gear it and, you know, obviously do anything um, with the factory rear limited slip or the front open differential. So uh, through all of my research and just figuring out, you know, what would make it better. Uh, we decided to give a call up to Zeus off road and they're, you know, kind of a local, uh, I think you, you've, uh, probably talked about them on the podcast a couple of times, but yeah, ironically, as soon as you left, it was because you, you came for the first two trails. As soon as you left, all of a sudden I'm getting lined up, waiting for some people to go to the bathroom and come on out back and, all of a sudden I hear, hey, Mitch, and it was Chad from Zeus. <laughs> he was loading up his, his rig. It was like, I was yep. just talking about you five minutes ago, and I was kind of laughing about it. So I talked to him, and I said, he goes, well, have him give me a call next week or Monday, whatever. So, Yeah, absolutely. So what did you figure out? What did you end so up? So we chose, uh, we're going to get some uh, Yukon 456 gears in the LJ. Um, with the six-speed, I think that's going to be a great gear ratio. I, we still love to drive it, so I didn't want to be, you know, at you know, 3,500 RPMs at 70 miles an hour going down the highway. So I think 456 is a great ratio for it. And then we're going to go with the uh, Eaton E-Locker in the front. So uh, the rear has already got the uh, factory track lock, and it's really been good for us. So I, I didn't think we needed to mess with that. So I'm super excited to, to have the added, you know, it's going to be, you know, more for uh, just kind of the crazier stuff. Like just because I'm doing it, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, start going more to the, the off-road parks and trying to break that Dana 30 in the front. So, but uh, to have the added security of, you know, if we need it to be able to click the locker on is going to be really, really nice. That's awesome. So, and you have 373s now and you were talking about it a little bit. Uh, you said, yeah, six gears for downhill with a tailwind. Yes. On. Yes. I was, I was actually worried about going for this because my stock is the same 373s and I go into 33s. And I was like, well, uh, am I going to have any? And I don't feel much difference now, but, you know, coming up soon, hopefully I'll, I'll do the gears and lockers in mine too. And I'm not going to go that low. Maybe yep. we'll see. But um, you just never know. Yeah. I just don't. I'm anxious to hear how you feel with yours. Uh, yeah. But when I was on a trail, I was going like, it feels like I need to be in first gear more often because I'd be second gear most of the time and second and third, barely ever in first. If I had something real technical, I'd be in first. But I was in first yeah. a little more than I wanted. And that big long hill, I actually did it in third gear. I just put it in third and gunned it up the hill, that long, yeah. super long one. Uh, so it, it didn't feel too bad. That was one of my concerns with that. But Mm -hmm. I think if you go to 35s, it is a, yeah, it's a, it's a must. And yeah. one of the reasons I'm switching, you know, to gears anyhow too is because the, the locker I have is a one for 392 and lower gearing and higher okay. value, lower gearing. So I can't put it in right now without changing gears, but more on that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad yeah. you got the, the gears set up. And do you have a schedule and everything too? 
Um, you know, we just uh, got off the phone this morning with uh, Chris, and we got the parts on order, so we don't have it quite scheduled up. But uh, that, you know, will be coming here hopefully soon. But uh, you know that it was real interesting because of the 373 gearing in the snow with those 35s. I thought it actually worked out in my favor because I had more wheel speed. You know, honestly, in first second gear, I have way more wheel speed than somebody, you know, I, you know, you might, somebody with lower gears got to go to third, maybe, you know, third gear, maybe in a six speed, maybe fourth, yeah. you know, so, but in the video, you can really see where the 373s lacked though. Courtney, when she was in that little rock garden going downhill, she got all four tires kind of hung up. Oh, can you still see me? Hold on. Yeah, you can keep talking. Yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, anyway, you can see she got all four tires locked up, and she was having a really um, hard time in first gear low getting the vehicle to kind of climb over the rocks. And she ended up having to give it so much gas that she got it a little out of control going down. <laughs> and she she went for a ride. But I told her, you know, with those 456, it's going to be – so, you know, you're just going to be able to let off the clutch and it's going to climb its way up without even having to really give it gas. So the control, I think, is going to be a, a really, add, you know, a really good benefit of adding those lower gears. Because right now, all year last year, we were in first. You maybe got it in second low when we're rock crawling just because you just you had to. Otherwise, it wasn't a low enough cr uh, crawl. Yeah, I enjoy just kind of walking up stuff and, and and being a low gear and just barely on the gas and all or even idling up it. So going to a lower gear would definitely give you the option to do that. Uh, yeah. A lot more. I enjoy that type. Just it make it, you make it look easy. <laughs> it feels easy. Yep. Like boom, boom, just kind of going around everything and going right up and yep. instead of just, you know, gas pedaling to see what you can break. I don't want to break anything. So in the end of the yep. day, we only Same broke, boat. we only broke, I think Brent broke his, he had some aftermarket, uh, sway bar disconnects, sway bar links, sway bar links. So we're in disconnects, and he popped one of those out, and then the other one ironically broke on the way home. <laughs> so it's like time oh, you wow. got the weights the next day to kind of put this. Yeah, weight had a set of stockers back on the shelf, and he just threw those back on. He goes, "Yeah, but the other one broke on the way home." I go, "How did it break? You weren't doing anything, you know?" And yeah, but, that's crazy. That but, one would break without the other. Uh, yeah, it's, it was just the other loose, and it wasn't doing anything. So. Uh, so we had that. I had the flat tire um, bike. You know, that was just a piece of wood stuck in there. It was really nothing. Mm -hmm. What else was there? I don't think it was anything else that people had trouble with, thankfully. I had a, I had a check engine light come on, but I, I think that's pretty standard on some Jeeps. Wow, that's just it's saying hi. It's, just way it's probably <laughs> in the past, it's been the gas cap. And uh, I filled up, you know, before we went there, and it was the first time out. But it, it was running good, and I had no issues, so. Did it stay on, or did it go away? Uh, it did. It stayed on, but I haven't, I part, I cleaned it, took it to the car wash, cleaned it, brought it back in the garage, and I haven't looked at it since, so. Yeah. I'll have to, to get it out again and see. Maybe when it's over at Zeus, they can uh, read it for me and just make sure it's nothing important. You, you know how to, you can do that yourself. You kind of hold the, you know how to do it yourself, or you click it three no. times, keep it on. So in, in TJs and LJs and you, uh, you, you cycle the key three times and you hold it on and it'll give you a code and it'll say, it's probably going to say really? PO455, which is gas cap. And okay. Then you order your new gas cap off of Amazon for $11 and 99 cents and then you're done. 
Yeah, so that's what I did. It. So just cycle. That was incredible. I think you can do it JKs too. I don't know what JLs, but it's just like you cycle one, two, three. It'll either say done, like mine will say done because okay. there's no code. But if it gives you a code, it'll be like you can take a pen with you and paper and write it down or you know, grab your you know, handheld computer here and just yeah. a little quick and it'll say what you need to do. Most likely okay. gas cap, then go, you know, crank your gas cap tight. If it's the original gas cap, just buy a new one because they wear out. That's yep. the most common thing there. So, yeah, but I think I talked about that one in another podcast about uh, that piece, but well, cool. Mm -hmm. Anything else to add? Any other experiences that you had there? No, I, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, if anyone ever has a chance to get there, definitely do it. It was way, way worth it for sure. Yeah. And you, you mentioned too, like are these Jeeps actually going to do this? Yeah. They're super capable. Every time I'm there or every time I go off road, I'm just doing some crazy stuff. I'm just climbing up a hill. I'm like, man, these things are so capable. And I, I drove it here and I'm driving it home. You know, and that's, that's what I, I like about the type of wheeling we do. We don't go super crazy on some super rock garden because it will break something. Yep. They can do bone stock or, you know, improved stock as we like to call them slightly improved stock. Yeah, uh, really. It's super fun. And, and my brother at the other day, he's like, one of us is really going to have to invest in a trailer. He, really, he wants somebody <laughs> up because we really break something. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's a risk. That makes it fun though. That risk that you don't have a trailer, but you, as you yeah. saw, like probably about half the people that were there or more had a trailer. They're, they were bringing yeah. something they were trailing. So you had some that were, you know, rigs that they're just off-road purpose built just for off-roading, like their trucks without beds. Uh, oh, yeah. Disposable vehicles because it's like, hey, if you break something to throw a dent in, you, don't, you just don't care. Uh, they're, they're, or then you have the buggies, then you have the side-by-sides, which are pretty much the same thing. They're hill shooters. They can do anything. Yeah. Uh, and then you have rigs like ours that are, hey, we drove it here, we're driving it home <laughs> some way, one way or another. Actually, Wade, one time, it's on another podcast, but he actually broke a ball joint on a steering arm i figure it was not a ball joint uh one of the joints on the steering arm and it like okay. popped out and his wheels are like basically pointing each was pointing a little different direction <laughs> okay yeah so he got it straightened out on the trail we actually drove it to the uh tool not tool shop the parts store and they were there and they're like yeah we stay open longer on days like this that we know that they're off-roading because we know they're gonna have five six guys coming in and he Wade had that replaced in the time it took me to air up our eight tires. He was done underneath wow. the tools. He replaced the end joint to the steering and steering knuckle and back on his Jeep. And we took off, went home. It was great. So yeah, that's incredible. As long as you have somebody who has a tool bag and knows what they're doing a little bit, you, you're probably going to be able to get home. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Luckily there, you know, I grew up just south of there. We got a nice big enclosed trailer just south that we could have went and grabbed if we needed it. So just for the future. Awesome. Well, you it's so funny. You and my brother have the shortest drives home, and that's the things you're worried about. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, right? You got to figure it out. Well, Thomas, thanks for coming on here and reviewing this with me. And yeah, uh, for sure. Again, to watch the video is Olex Adventures on YouTube. Uh, they're quick and fun videos you can see the whole crew from our last weekend on that video so hopefully you get plenty of views and we'll make some more videos soon absolutely thanks a lot for having us and yeah we look forward uh, to the future for sure perfect thanks thomas yep see you later yep. thanks for listening to the crossroad off-road podcast brought to you by prime shape fitness your one-stop shop for your fitness needs 